Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Isham, owner and founder of Dreamer Productions and Sound and Marketing Learning. I create, consult, and educate brands and individuals on the power of sound in marketing. Now back to the show. We pick up where we left off talking with Denver Dill about sonic branding and sound in the military. In this episode, I've got all sorts of great musical examples sprinkled throughout, so enjoy. The opinions of Sergeant Major Denver Dill are his own and don't represent the United States Military Academy, the U.S. Army, or the Department of Defense. I kind of wanted to uh, shift gears a little bit about, you know, kind of the elephant in the room. Like, how does the military use sound and song in strategy in in the way that it functions. Um, we're talking about the ways that it can strengthen us and it can create an identity, but how can we also use it to our advantage? During the Civil War, there were pieces of music that were banned because they were causing people to desert, right? You would think about your mom or your sister or some other trouble and, you know, wasn't technology wasn't the same then. And so you just run off and, you know, now we're down a troop. So the idea that if you can connect to an emotion, you can get an outcome. Well, that's, that is the lifeblood of music, right? That's specifically what it's for. And you think about those, those events to which, uh, where we, we have the military and we have the civilian population together because we're representing both ideas in congruence. Um, think of like inauguration day, right? That's the perfect example. The civilian leadership of the country, the military leadership is there as well. All the political leadership, it's all its all intertwined into what we call this democracy in America. And it's the music that we all come together. Those are the moments that a speech doesn't necessarily capture the energy of what's trying to be expressed. You need a poet, right? So we brought up a poet to that event. We will rise from the lake rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover in every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country. Our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Or we need a song, we need Amazing Grace, or we need, you know, the anthem again, or all these aspirational pieces of music, because music communicates emotions and ideas that only, you know, the best poets could communicate, right? We're all striving to, how do we get you to this place? For the services... When we take our musical presence and we take it overseas, we're promoting our strategic national narrative. The idea that there's rule of law in the United States, the idea that you could prosper if you work hard, right? The chance for prosperity and safety, you know, safety, those ideas, like they're all coming together. And when you see and hear American performances, that's what you think about, right? You think about Louis Armstrong going overseas at a time when there was segregation in the South, but the State Department was taking him overseas because they knew, hey, we're going to get over that. You know, we are going to get over that. And so he was there as our aspirational voice um, and representing the country. I think to myself, what a wonderful
So it's really about how we project that. I did a PsyCon talk where I talked about K-pop and how they've done this in Korea, right? And so now BTS and K-pop bands represent South Korea. They're able to be this idea of uniquely Korean identity. And that's amazing, right? They have the millions and millions and millions of followers that they're able to leverage and talk to and affiliate and create a sense of inclusiveness. And I think that that's, that's a lot of the space that we're in is like, how do we do that? And if our music is the opposite of that, if it's non-inclusive, if, if it's racist, if it's sexist, well, those aren't the ideals that we want to promote. And we should be sensitive to that. And we should give it analysis. It's not just lyric analysis, right? It can be any other form. If we go to Ghana and I just start drumming carelessly, right? I could be offensive, not to just be wishy-washy and to really care about all of those things. So care about civil affairs, care about cultural affairs, to be really astute in those areas. I think that that's in our nation's best interest to continue to do that, to continue to work on public diplomacy, and to think about all of these areas where our culture is borrowed from others and theirs is borrowed from us, and it just keeps cycling because we're all just humans on the same planet. We've been talking about the power of unifying through music and bringing cultures together. How does the opposite happen? How can music and sound create bias and conflict? You know, for music to create a bias, I felt like the word bias, you know, has a lot of possible meanings. So Leon Theremin is this great Russian uh, scientist and, you know, electrical engineer, basically Thomas Edison of Russia. And he invented many, many interesting things. But his instrument that later, you know, was known as the theremin, well, he was a virtuoso of that instrument. So early 20th century, he's over here in New York playing with the New York Philharmonic on his instrument until he's accused of possibly being a spy. They ship him off to Russia and he goes to the gulag. Well, eventually, and this is like the late 90s where this finally comes out to the American public, but a very, very, very effective tool of espionage was used that he likely invented. And so what had happened is he had created a a device that if you shot radio waves at it would is like a microphone behind a seal in the U S embassy in Moscow. And for seven years, this clandestine listening device was undetected. Can you imagine the, the access that something has like that? And I feel like only a musician's coming up with that. <laughs> only a musician's like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to, you know, connect. And it didn't have any power. It wasn't like it needed batteries and didn't need all this stuff. It was just a very practical, uh, you can look it up on your net. You can see, you know, the U S at the UN United Nations revealing this thing to the public to talk about that. But there is that aspect of, uh, clandestine activity with, with music humans are going to make music no matter what happens, no matter what's going on. And I find this as a father to be particularly true. If I leave my two children alone, they end up chanting or <laughs> they end up saying nothing. Like they're just doing gibberish, but it's in rhythm together or they, you know, match each other's excitement. And then it's like, you're really crazy loud. And I have to put my noise canceling headphones on something like that. Right. Well, take a conflict, like what's happening in the Ukraine right now. Really early on, we all kind of gasped as we watched this tiny little girl singing Let It Go in a bunker. The idea of Frozen coming into a war zone, and it's a five, six, seven-year-old girl mm. who's just, that's how she's processing what's all around her. And you can see it in, in the room of all the adults, you know, like, wow, 
Можно немножечко тишины? Не открывай, храни секрет, Будь хорошей девочкой для всех, Закрой все чувства на замок, Навечно отпусти и забудь, Что прошло уже не вернуть, Отпусти и забудь, Новый день он кажет, But then you'll also see, um, well, this, this strange phenomenon that happened here with uh, Hey, Hey, Rise Up. On February 27th, 2022, Andrei Klovlinuk, lead singer of the Ukrainian band Boombox, ended his world tour early to fight for his country. When the streets were bare in Kiev, he took to Instagram and recorded himself singing the Ukrainian folk song The Red Viburnum in the Meadow in the Empty Streets. The result was powerful. Ой, у лузі червона калина похилилася, чогось наша славна Україна зажурилася, а ми тую червону калину підіймемо. А ми нашу славну Україну so now all of a sudden it's on Instagram and it's on TikTok. And then other people are like, yeah, hey, hey, rise up. And so it becomes this Ukrainian rally cry. <laughs> David Gilmore of Pink Floyd heard about it and was so moved that he got the band together to record a song and a music video in solidarity with Klovnyuk to create a new song called Hey Hey Rise Up. Andre's original video was projected on the wall of the Pink Floyd music video. Proceeds went to the Ukraine Humanitarian Relief Fund. The group hadn't performed or recorded together since the mid-90s. It's this huge idea that music is able to beeline through all of that, right? That's a ton of red tape. That's a ton of emotions. That's a ton of, that's weird. It's all of those things together. But if you go look it up, you'll see like, whoa, one person with one cell phone had that effect. These unbelievable but true narratives emerge because of music. You'll see Ukrainian bands then start playing, hey, hey, rise up. It's just this thing that catches on. Nine of the top 10 most viewed videos on YouTube are music videos. So if you add up all of that YouTube content that's driven by music and then add up all the streaming services, Apple Music, Spotify, you know, on and on and on and on. Hey, everybody is thirsty for music. All of a sudden, it doesn't seem like this nice to have. It seems like something of importance. And that's part of why we teach it and why we need to be in that space. We don't need to be passive like, well, that's a nice to have. No, if you don't teach it, what's going to happen? You know, in soldiers and in leaders, what they're going to do is they're going to put their earbuds in and listen to who knows what. 
and they could be ingesting really toxic narratives or, you know, countercultural or extremist or any of these things that if we don't address it, well, you know, it's low risk. It's not low risk. And that's the idea is when you're trying to be your best, everything matters. And this is part of what you ingest. But I think about that all the time. When I, when I see people at the gym, I just think, oh, I wish I could know what you were listening to and we could talk about it, you know? Why does that motivate you? You know, all those things, or maybe you're not even thinking about motivation. You're thinking about healing. You're thinking about other things. Yeah, that brings up a lot of thoughts in my head. Because I, I think about, um, I wasn't around in the 60s and the 70s, but the music of that time period is so iconic. And not just for the people that experienced it, but like, you know, when I hear uh, the birds, <laughs> you know, that I that makes me think of Vietnam, you know, and I wasn't there, but it's just so rooted in that. My dad told me recently that he heard the song Bridge Over Troubled Waters for the first time after he came back from Vietnam. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> like so powerful. 2020 pandemic, uh, social unrest, all sorts of competing things going on, right? It's an interesting time to be alive. And you look at our biggest events like the Super Bowl, and then we did have an election, so like inauguration, and that is when it mattered the most. If you go back and you look at that Super Bowl, we're leading off with Lift, lift Every Voice and Sing. Lift every voice and sing till earth and got to come together and we can do it through song and, and the same thing is just perpetually happening and people especially in america but all over the globe look to music to be that unifier and i think it's the whole of body that is required of participating in this in the singing so the idea of it's embarrassing you might not be the best singer. You might be self-conscious. There's a social dynamic of, is really everybody sing? Everybody sing. I better sing too, because everybody sing. You know, like there's peer pressure. There's all these dynamics at work that once you give in and you commit to it, then it's a we. It's not an I. And how else do you describe that? In the Army, you know, team building is doing PT, right? We're out working out together, you know, overcome obstacles together. And then, you, you know, get done and everybody's sweaty and you're like, you high five. High fiving is a weird thing, but not in the context of you've just worked out for an hour and you're ready to drop. Music is that same idea. It's it's that collective and it is what brings people together and it's the default, even though we don't necessarily teach it. Where do you think that West Point is going in the future with, with your research center, with your coursework? Um, what, do, what do you see your next exploration, your next aha moment? Right now, it, it's a, a one-semester course, and so we're just refining everything that happened last semester. So we've been looking at, like, okay, we got these angles that we could talk about here and these angles over here. Um, we are working with the history department of possibly making a music and history course, but it's not a 
we're not a university, like we're a leadership development institution. So I have agreed to help so long as at the end of it, we're contributing to better leaders. And that's, that's really the mission here. And so we're, we're being slow and intentional with how we might build that course. Because again, talking about, I want a better leader at the end of it, cadet life is not normal. I don't know where you went to school, but I went to a state school and a conservatory and it is nothing like what these young men and women are going through. Their time is such a premium. Uh, and so as an instructor, I'm just grateful to have them in my class. I take that responsibility like gravely because they have no free time. This is not a normal college, right? This is, you got to be excellent academically. I feel like most of the classes here are actually graduate classes, even though they're undergraduate. They're all required to be athletes. Every, can you imagine that? Everybody's required to be an athlete. Every cadet is an athlete. You are on some sort of team doing sports. I would have failed. And, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so they have all of the, they have the military component. They have the academic component. They have the physical component that they have to be experts in. And, you know, to be part of that mix is just like humbling honor mm -hmm. because they truly are inspirational. That's my favorite part too, is I hear what some of them do. Or now that I've been here for a long time and I'm an old man, they come back and they teach. And it's like, wow, you did what while you were gone? That's amazing. You know, and you're just, you know, you're proud, even though I don't know that that's the right word. You're, you're humbled too. You're just like, wow, these people are truly like selfless service galore. I mean, it's, it's an amazing group. It's, it sounds like you're doing a, a fantastic job. And I, I wanted to sum up with one last question. What in your 19 years that you've been there now, what is it that makes you uh, the most humble, the most proud and humble of your influence or what you have seen come through that time? The consistency and the integrity of the institution is crazy. I mean, I, I've been fortunate and unfortunate to see some of the events transpire, right? And also at a time when countries at war, while we've seen different political parties go through office, I mean, West Point is truly what it <laughs> what it's, it's supposed to be i mean they are just amazing uh from classroom to classroom the consistency of the instructors just giving ridiculous amounts of time their evenings their nights you know for the cadets who might need extra time the institution writ large just being completely apolitical just making sure that they're focused on developing tomorrow's future generation of leaders um it's uh, it's so consistent it's amazing and it's humbling I get to work with someone who whose uh, analysis led to the capture of Saddam Hussein. What you know? What I mean, like, the, the, what world is that? You know, they, just, the list goes on and on about the arsenal of wonderful, intelligent, experienced leaders here. And you know, basically, if you just listen and pay attention, it's this wonderful environment for everybody to learn and to learn from each other. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you could ever visit, you could see why General George Washington picked its location on the Hudson for its strategic value. You know, it's it's 200 years of trying to build America in one institution. And it's, you know, from the cadet to the instructor to the seasoned professor to the dean to the commandant to the superintendent, everybody super consistent and just you just get anywhere near any of those individuals and you're like, oh, I can keep, I can keep marching. I can do this. <laughs> From everything that I've read and uh, know about West Point, it's just an unbelievable rich history of 
of our nation. <laughs> I mean, that's all, all, all that I can say. And I, I want to thank you for um, bringing to light. I, I know it wasn't just you, but thank you for bringing to light the importance of music and sound um, to our future leaders of America. Well, thanks for having me. I mean, again, happy to talk about this anytime. But yeah, if you can make it to the East Coast, we'll give you a great tour. I'm going to have to figure out how to do that because that sounds that sounds fun. That sounds like a really good time. Well, thank you again, Denver, for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you had as much fun as I did. I did. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you're enjoying the show. Don't forget to subscribe on all the major podcast channels. Share with friends, follow, and rate. Spread the word because, well, more people should know about this stuff. I know you know that now. For any other inquiries, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.